Broadcasting live from the Campbell Student Union Center at Buffalo State, this is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Here's your host, Evan DePasquale. Welcome to The Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. 91.3 FM WBNY is Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. I am your host, Evan DePasquale. Now I think I actually figured out what was wrong with this board. All right. So normally what I like to do, we usually just start off talking about what's on in the sports world. But today we have a very special guest on. Um, If you guys want to, I'll just uh, toss it to you guys first so you can talk. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, hey, hey. How we doing? What's going on? Thanks for having me, uh, having me back. I've been around. Yeah. I've been around here for a little bit too long, I think. But you keep bringing me back. Uh, oh, oh, we got to take. All right, it. yeah, you know, Harrington. Just, what are we talking about here? What do you want to start out with? You want to st- start off with the Sabers, my first Sabers game. Yeah, we started off taking you to a Sabers game just the other day on a Saturday afternoon at a twelve thirty, uh, you know, puck drop. Um, you want to kind of talk about your experience going over to your going to your first ever Sabres game? Oh man, that was crazy! It was awesome. I mean, the it, they won obviously, which was the main thing I was hoping for. Because what fun would that be to go to your first Sabres game and they take an L? But we didn't even have to go there. They took that W five to two over the uh, the the Islanders. It was right. Yes, the yep, New York yep, Islanders, yep. who were having a very disappointing season, you know, to their standards. Because obviously, the, the Islanders over the past couple seasons have been a team that's been competing for playoff spots and. You know, this year just hasn't been that year. Their best goal scorer, Matthew Barzell, is under the 20-goal mark and hasn't played a full, It not going to be set to play a full 82 and, again, is under that 20-goal mark as of right now. And, when you know, when you have your best player under the 20-goal mark and just you're not meeting expectations as a team, you know, as a whole, that's really going to, you know, knock some confidence down and, you know, really get your energy going in the wrong direction. And you kind of saw that during that game as the Sabres, at a point in time, were up 4-1. to one. And you saw a guy like Zdeno Charo, even though throughout his entire career, he has been a guy that would jaw with other players. Uh, and he's been he's been playing since the, you know the late '90s, so that is something that is you know engraved in the back of his game. But you know he was going at guys like Jeff Skinner, like Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner is five ten. He's he's my height. Um, and Zdeno Chara on skates is about six foot eight, six foot nine. Like why are you going at a guy like Jeff Skinner? That's you know, completely foot smaller than you. But that's the type of emotion that's been going on with the New York Islanders. They just haven't been able to control themselves. They've been just wanting to, you know, you know, get back into the playoffs, but they can't. They're statistically eliminated. They just, you know, aren't there as of now. And, you know, they just had a disappointing season overall. But, you know, good for the Sabres, man. Uh, the the Abu birds were raining down for him uh, for him after that, after that little tussle there in the uh, – in the back half of that game. And let me tell you, though, that was a good game to go to, not only because they won, but there were some sick goals in that game, like the Darlene one where he just sent it right down Main Street, just an absolute missile. That was nice. The one, um, Tage Thompson, obviously, that was a really nice goal. Um, oh, Vinny Henestroza. Yep, Henestroza had one. Middlestat scored the first of the game. But those two, the Darlene and Thompson, those were just, ooh, those are nice. Yeah, and, you know, that's going to transition myself into a quick segment. We're ready. I'm ready. All right. We'll Uh, we'll talk about this later. We'll talk about Tage Thompson and his uh, 37 goals later. Okay. So welcome into the show. Buffalo State women's hockey. Uh, Oh, my goodness. It's hot. I'm hot. It's way too hot. I feel like. (laughs) So welcome to the show. uh, The Buffalo State women's basketball coach, Coach 
Mary Beth Nugent or Coach MB. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So can you just give us a thought on what your entire season was like this this year? Like just go through just what were your thoughts on this season so far? Like that, you know, obviously it's now over, but give us your thoughts. Well, if you watched the men's tournament, we're kind of like UNC men where we're very, our highs are high, our lows are lows, but our high can beat the best. Um, so a little inconsistency, but uh, overall, this has been one of my favorite teams, and I really enjoyed coaching them, and I love the year, and I'm excited about what we have next. So who do you think, now you, you've, you're graduated, um, Captain Katie Villarini is now going to be out for the, you know, she graduated, obviously. Um, who are you going to look to next to be the next captain and the person to step up for next season? I don't think it's one person. Uh, we're very young and we're very talented, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be a big group. Like as a team, they need to come together. As far as who's gonna have that title, that's to be determined. Um, we play all summer, so we got some time to see how people progress and come together. But it's definitely gonna be a little group of people. It's definitely not gonna be one person. This allows me to jump in here and kind of segueing off of that. I mean, you got to feel good at where you're at right now. Obviously, you know, you graduated Katie Villarini, graduated another starter in Heaven Rolick, but a lot of the players that you're, you know, carrying over into next year, they're young, but they also got good quality rotation minutes, you know, this past season. You look at Shawnee, she'll be a junior. Uh, Taylor James will be a sophomore. Uh, Riley Doman will be a junior, the leading three-point specialist, at least in terms of percentage. Grace Carey will be a sophomore. So Xavier Jamie will be a sophomore. Same mm -hmm. goes for Adia Jones. So you got a lot of young talent on this team. But they also got, you know, good quality PT last year. I mean, as a coach, you're in a pretty good position, wouldn't you say? Yeah, our sophomore class. So actually, Shawnee athletically was a freshman this year. Mm. So our sophomore class, five of them started at some point or start um throughout the season Jaden Jones you didn't really get to see a lot of either she I recruited her out of high school and she went D2 and ended up uh transferring in January and she's somebody who is going to be like unreal it's just hard to implement somebody when they transfer in in January mm -hmm. after missing all preseason um so that class is crazy and on top of it we're getting two we have two committed transfers coming in that are going to give us some age and maturity which will be great yeah you know transitioning from the point you made earlier saying that your highest your highest like you can beat anyone but mm -hmm. your lowest are your lows you know losing a player like katie it's gonna be high to you know it's gonna be harder to reach those highs now because yeah. she was you know the leading point getter on this team and you mentioned that everyone's gonna have to come together as a collective group how can you get more consistent playing at more of a high level especially you know going back to the playoffs especially that you want to get back there next year right um, playing together as much as possible. Like the fact that the girls are playing in at least one summer league this summer, if not two. Um, and this off season, I'm seeing them more together than I've ever seen. I think chemistry wise and just being able to play with each other on a court outside of the dates of October 15th to the beginning of March is going to help with that consistency. So what was what were your thoughts when you first became head coach? Because you were the 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 assistant coach, and then uh, once Kevin Clifford departed, and you were 
given the reins. What did that mean to you to be named the head coach of the women's team? Uh, I was just excited, honestly. Um, I didn't, I never thought I'd be a coach. Like I went in, I went to school for exercise science in more of like a fitness strength and conditioning way, but it just kind of fell into my lap in a sense of like, I had to try it. Um, so even with Cliff leaving last minute, it was very unexpected, but I was like, oh, let's, let's go. And, um, it was just an exciting opportunity to be able to lead the team the way I wanted to lead them. Talk to us about your time at Damon because I I actually talked with Nate Smith and he told us ask her about her college days because she loves to talk about that. So do you feel Is like that sarcasm? <laughs> oh, I don't I don't think that I don't know if it was sarcasm, but I know oh. that just like. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, do, do you feel like playing also kind of really helps you to? be able to coach especially now especially since you're a women coaching a women's team does that kind of help you especially when you were playing at Damon I mean there's really good coaches that like didn't play at a high level so I don't want to take that away but for me personally it it's helped because I can relate and I learned so much playing my whole life ever since I was little so personally yeah it it has helped me a lot I can uh jump in here and talking a little bit about your playing career at least uh, on your uh, your bio here on the Buffalo State website uh, you started all 124 games of your career single game assist single game three point percentage record um, you're inducted into their athletic hall of fame so uh, quite a storied career there for you at Damon now um, talking about coaching here just wanted to throw that in there but back to coaching what do you want to teach your players besides like basketball when the coaches come in here I always like to ask them like what uh, what values they like to instill their players so outside of basketball what do you want to teach your players I mean being a good person and being kind and respectful and hardworking, especially with this generation um, not expecting things but like working for them and something we preach is like every action like you react to it and that equals the sum so like reaction we talk about a lot like okay that sucked but like how are you going to react to it and how can you do it in the most respectful manner um so that's huge and that's just as important as basketball if not more honestly like I label character over um basketball it goes character education basketball so yeah, how was the transition from, you know, once being on the court as a player at Damon College to transitioning to being on the sideline as a coach and, you know, you know having the players view you like that as you used to view your, your old coaches? Uh, the transition was really hard at first, honestly. I hated sitting on the sideline. Um, but it was, it was good because I got to be an assistant for a while before I took over the head role. Um, so it, it was rough, but... I think everybody experiences that when they first transition over. But it makes me, like, I tell my girls all the time, like, you should you should go coach AAU with the Titans or with X-Gen so that they can get a little piece of, you know, our side of things, and then they have a better understanding. And it's happening because I have uh, two players that are currently coaching summer AAU programs, and one of them recently came to me and was like, you know, oh, I get what you're saying, or I get why you get frustrated when we're not listening and – you know, we're kind of in our heads. So, yeah. Now, before you started at Buffalo State, you were the basketball coach for the Will South Junior Varsity team. Mm-hmm. How is different? How different is it coaching high school basketball compared to coaching basketball at the collegiate level? Uh, 
really different. Uh, I loved coaching JV because there was like an innocence and childish side still. Uh, so it was really fun and light. And college, it's just, it's a step up. I treat them like adults. They are adults. Um, I, there's pros and cons to both. Yeah, uh, definitely. Like, one question I was going to ask really quick. Uh, we just mentioned the transition of you know being a player to the coaching. How differently do you view the game of basketball being a head coach now compared to when you were a player or even an assistant coach? Um, that's a good question. I I always had a coaching mind. Like I was a point guard, and I was always told as a player, you're going to be a good coach someday. So in a sense, I feel like I did view it from a coaching side. I think the biggest part that I didn't expect is all all the work coaches do that people don't see. Like all the off-court stuff is like crazy. So that changed a lot. But as far as like basketball view, it's very similar to how I was as a player. Um, so one thing we, we've uh, always been talking about is just – you know, I, I'm actually, we're like, I don't know how I'm going with this. Maybe the heat's really getting to me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, what does it mean to just be able to, like, with these athletes that are, when you mentioned earlier, that you they now understand what you go through. What does that mean to kind of just feel like, you feel like now you're getting, I don't want to say your, your dues out or... I don't know how to word this, but basically that you're what you're teaching them and now they're experiencing it as a coach. What is that kind of rewarding for you at all? I guess I'm confused on the question. You know, what? it was a confusing question. No, I think I get what he's trying to say. Uh, basically, he's trying to say is that, you know, you as a head coach, um, you coach these players up for a select amount of time and then you're encouraging them. Hey. Go to these summer camps. Go play for these. Go coach for these AAU teams, and come back, and you'll feel a little bit of what I go through f- through a full season. And he's basically saying is like, is it rewarding? Because you mentioned two of your players have come up to you and ask you for potential uh, help. Like, is that rewarding in any type of way for you? Yeah, definitely. I know. I. I, I that's the <laughs> thing about journalists is that you got to make sure the questions are quick and to the point, and that was not quick to the <laughs> point. Um, but. We've been talking about the NBA a lot. Um, what have been your thoughts just watching the playoffs now that it's sort of more now becoming a normal season before the pandemic ever started? Watching the NBA finals? Yeah, just like watching the NBA playoffs and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's nice to see things go back to normal. It's nice to see fans in the stands. I'm enjoying Boston beating the Nets 3-0 uh, right now. Yeah. Oh, is anybody a Nets fan? <laughs> Oh, I'm not. I just yeah. So bleep Kyrie is what I would say. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> none of us are like Nets fans, but like me as like a diehard Buffalo sports fan and even yep. a Toronto Blue Jays baseball fan, I just never really support Boston athletics. That's right. Whether that's the Bruins, uh, Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots, especially like I'm just not supporting any. How can you not like Jason Tatum? I love Jason Tatum. I love his game. I love his son. Like you can't. Like I love watching out. those two together. Like. Jason Tatum is a player that I like, love watch, and you know would encourage players to model their game after. And but, how can you not love how they're playing together without like studs that like they put together like the Lakers yeah, no. and you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like that's kind of re- 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 reminding me of how the Sabers are trying to build their team. Like 
They're not trying just to go out and acquire these high-end free agents, kind of like how the Lakers did with LeBron and AD, or how the Nets are with Kyrie and, and Katie. Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of in-house guys. You know, they've had Marcus Smart there for years. Um, mm-hmm. They brought back Al, Her- Al Horford, who is a, lo- a long-time presence there. Um, they drafted Brown. They drafted Tatum. Um, and they have a bunch of, you know, role players that, you know, have been developed through their system or just, you know, are low-end free agent guys that they bring in through the trades or just free agent acquires. And, you know, that's really telling to see. And I wouldn't, I don't mind the Celtics beating the Nuts because I don't really like the NBA getting dominated by, like, these quote-unquote super teams. Sure. Um, so it's a nice story to see. It's just, like, at heart. At heart, I am not a Boston sports fan. I don't support Boston <laughs> athletics, and I just never will. It's just something that I have. Now— I feel I'd... that way about the Patriots, but... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> that and the Bruins. You should have heard my Tom Brady rant when he came back out of retirement. I was like, we came up, they were saying, like, Evan, top Evan DePasquale moments, and that was mm-hmm. probably number one, or at least up there. But um, what do you... I don't know if you heard about... Uh, Charles Barkley mentioned something on uh, NBA and TNT about players not being the bus drivers but being bus riders if that makes sense oh yeah wasn't he talking about kd yeah he was talking about kd and how even though he 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 is a champion and he won a champion he doesn't feel like he was the guy that was the leader or the 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 bus driver what are your thoughts on really just the the nba has become a bunch of teams that are just getting together these all-time type players yeah, it's, I mean, that's why I like college better. It's a players run league and it's all about money and it can be hard sometimes, but that's why I, I just follow players, not really teams. And I enjoy talent and good teamwork. And that's kind of what I follow when it comes to NBA. Otherwise, I definitely prefer college. Do you ever use any film on other schools to use for when you play? And if so, who, yeah. who are they and, like, what what do you like about how they play? Well, there was, like, one aha moment this season where the girls weren't really under fully understanding our motion and the spacing. So I I found a Division II women's basketball team that runs it, trying to be as, like, relatable as possible to them rather than finding, you know, an NBA men's team that runs it. And uh, it was Cedarville in Ohio. And I showed them the video and it was like an aha moment for a lot of them. It was very visual, and they're seeing people that look like them out there doing it. So that was one instance that it really did help. Man, how often do you spend, because earlier you mentioned talking about, you know, all the work that coaches put in and the legwork they go through. How how many hours per week would you guesstimate that you spend, you know, whether it's scouring for film or just putting together a game plan? How many hours a week do you spend, you know, doing your job? Um... It is crazy between, I would say at the start of October to the end of March, I have absolutely no life, but I love it. (laughs) Um, And it's a good time for it because the winters suck up here. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a very good balance, and if you love the sport, it's great. But, yeah, I watch a lot of basketball, Mm -hmm. but I like it. Yeah, I have a quick question. How are your guys, like, you know, film sessions going? Because, like, I'm around the hockey team a lot, so I have a little bit of a – dive into the, how the hockey team does their film sessions and how long they go for like how long are your guys film sessions for and like how do they how do you kind of like uh teach it or like go about it i do a ton of one-on-one um but like scouting for a team or watching us as a team i try not to go over 15 minutes like it is short and it is sweet that's something that changed this year um 
So, and I found with this team, they prefer after practice. So we do after practice too, but it is very like me putting clips together or it's raw, but nothing's over 15 minutes. And then a lot of individual stuff in my office. One thing that I like to look at is with athletes, especially like female athletes, when they're playing with female coaches and especially now you're, you're, a, you're a younger female coach. Do you feel like you can relate more to the players um, rather than if it was like, um, I don't know, I'll just throw out Kevin Clifford when, when he was the coach. Do you feel like you're, you can relate to the players a lot more? I do, and I think they're more comfortable, you know, coming to myself over a middle-aged male. Yeah, another question I have um, about the NBA. Um, I'm sure you've been following the playoffs. Obviously, right now, the Nets are down 3-0. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on, like, Ben Simmons being able to play, but he's not going to be able to play for game four? <sighs> like, like just kind of, I wouldn't say, like, bailing on his team to a sense, but, like, kind of is. Because, like, guy sitting on the bench for all these games, dressed up all snazzy, looks yeah. like where is Waldo on the bench, but mm-hmm, yeah. he won't get up on the court. It's hard because in those situations, there's so much that we don't know. So, like, who knows what, you know, his doctor is saying, like, you're you're not I you know I don't know but it's hard not to judge I'll say that and I love Ben Simmons outside of all this outside drama that he's been going through the last year um him as a player prior to all this I've I've really liked it's hard to judge and like what the media is putting out there makes you want to be like you're being a little baby and like get out there and anybody who is competitive and has true heart would be begging to get out there but maybe he is and like his doctors are pulling him off I don't know so that's like the hard part about it. Do you feel like the load management thing that goes on in the NBA, do you think that that's a good thing or are you are you one of those people that's like no, you should be playing all 82 games if you're able to play or are you just like you uh, like the load management that players do so they can get ready for postseason play? I see both sides, but I veer towards old school. But I see both sides. But like I do miss like the old school days where you know, they were wearing Converse shoes that really were really mm-hmm. bad for them. And, you know, they're just diving all over the floor and smoking cigars after the game. <laughs> do you, Hold do on. You, I just want to add my two cents on the uh, the Ben Simmons. Maybe we can extrapolate this later. But, sure. I mean, um, the uh, the thing with it was, is you know, the Nets doctors, apparently, you know, he had, you know, that back soreness come back up, which maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But you're down 3-0. Like, no team has ever come back from down 3-0 to win a series. So Until the, the series... Raptors, because they're going to do it. They're, they're coming back from 3-0. I'm telling you this right now. We're going to come back from 3-0, and we're going to beat the Sixers. I mean, and first... unicorns are real, Evan. Yeah, there's, <laughs> a, there's <laughs> a lot of things that could happen. There's a first time for everything. But so far to this point in the entire history of the NBA, that's never been done. So there's no point to jeopardize his long-term health, you know, just to have him play in a series that they have little to no chance yeah. of winning anyway. But to, to get back on track here, I wanted to ask you, so as, you know, we laid out, you're a pretty accomplished player back in your college days. What was your go-to shot? Like, if you could have one shot just every time down the court, what was your, your go-to shot during your playing days? Um, Honestly, I was pass first. Hmm. So, like, I'm I'm giving it up before I take it, but... I love shooting threes, so I would say a set catch and shoot three, corner. Was there uh was there one player when you played that you kind of modeled your high school slash college days college days after? Steve Nash. That's mm-hmm. kind of where I was. I was going at the Steve Nash, Chris Paul. Yeah, I that. love I love Steve Nash. I love Chris Paul. Chris Paul's grown on me. I didn't like young Chris Paul, um, 
But yeah, I, I really wanted to be a Nets fan when he became the coach, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's actually an, a good question to ask. Like, what are your thoughts on Steve Nash as a head coach? Because uh, you know, I think you know, there's mixed emotions with media members in the NBA. Um, you know, they think he has rotational problems with the lineup. But mm-hmm. what are your thoughts as as a head coach and someone who modeled your game after? Yeah. Now as a head coach for the Brooklyn Nets. Well, no matter what, people are going to have opinions about your coaching. So. That's one. And two, I think he's great because playing brings out character, and he was one of the best when it comes to that. He was hardworking. He wasn't dramatic. And, hell, I think he. I think he's – if I owned a team, I'd have Steve Nash be my coach. Do you feel like some of the best coaches are people who used to play the game, or do you feel like it kind of it varies? It varies. Look at Gino. Now, do you want to get into top three? So wait, hold on. Before we do that, I just yeah. want to ask one thing. So in the uh, the article that Jerry Sullivan wrote about Katie Villarini, you said in there that you were a bad assistant coach back in the day because you didn't like anyone. You think <laughs> you've gotten better at that as time has gone on? Because I mean, you were just talking up, you know, the recruit the. Uh, a recent recruit, recruit, recruiting class. There we go for the uh, for the Buffalo State women's team. So you think you've gotten better in that department over the years? I have, but there's still areas for improvement. All right. So I, I'm normally we what we do with everybody we have on the show. We incorporate this thing called top three. So we'll ask like, what's your top two, three favorite things? You just came from the Bahamas. Low key jealous. Um, <laughs> So Great what place. are your so this will if you guys have a top three go ahead say it uh-huh. the more the merrier top three vacation destinations that I've been to or just you've been to or you want to go to um I'll do where I've been I guess number one would be my family cottages in Canada Alberta uh, number two would be Italy specifically Lake Como and number three. I went to Egypt and I was on a boat Ooh, in the wow. Red Sea, and that was amazing. All right, my top three. You mentioned that you're not a fan of NBA teams per se, but you kind of like watching more individual players. Who are your top three individual players to watch? Current. Current or all time? Steve Nash, John Stockton, and Michael Jordan. All right, this, this is a quick question. Bounce it off. Who's the GOAT, MJ or LeBron? MJ. There we go. It, it, there's no debate about it anymore. Oh, there's a debate. There's no, like, after no, this it's, season, it's, it's, I will put MJ. this out right now, right here and now. I actually used to be like, yeah, I think I still think LeBron has a shot. After he lo- didn't make it to the, the play-in game, let alone the postseason this year, no, that, that, that debate now stops. Um, For me, it's not about like wins, losses, rings. It's how he acts on the court. Compared to them, this this was my thing between MJ and LeBron. Real quick, do you feel like that the last dance kind of like really brought his goat status even higher? I actually found a lot of people didn't like him after it. Yeah, not me personally, but yeah, like my thing with the MJ LeBron debate, real quick, uh, was that when I'm taking a, a shot in the final, you know, thirty seconds of the game, I'm getting that with MJ. I'm not getting that with LeBron, even though LeBron might make the right pass once in a while. 
I just want a guy who could be a full-time closer and create his own separation. I know the game's kind of changed where it's more, uh, you know, there wasn't like double teams as much back in the day. Mm-hmm. But just still, like the mentality that MJ had was just mm-hmm. unmatched like none other. It's the mentality. No player in even today's game matches his mentality. I mean, there's points in times where you'll see the guys like Kyrie Irving or LeBron James once in a while, Kevin Durant, uh, even Jason Tatum per se, or Butler or DeRozan have those, you know, I'm that guy moment. Yeah. But you saw that with Jordan Every game on the court, even when he went to baseball, he had that I am that guy mentality. Just because that's how he carried himself on and off the court, carrying himself like that on the plane, carrying himself like that on the court. He's just that guy. Yeah, I agree. All right, I guess since everyone else did the top three, I will too. You had a a Starbucks drink when you came in, is that correct? Yeah, this isn't normal though, to be Uh, honest. mm. All right, instead of going, I was going to say top three Starbucks drinks. But I how usually about... make this myself. I just didn't make mm. it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go top three snack foods. Like if you need like a midnight snack or something, what are we going for? Oh, white cheddar popcorn, uh, watermelon, specifically at night. Uh, not, it doesn't, it doesn't have, have to be, to be specifically at night, but like if you if you don't want to like make a meal or something, I think what you're kind of getting at is just basically. If you want to just nibble on something, like yeah. maybe like after dinner or something Dill like that. Dill pickles. Ooh. <laughs> yes! My girlfriend doesn't like pickles, and I don't understand. I don't it. either. I, <laughs> I like pickles every, pickled everything. The, the best the best way to have a pickle is like either with like a burger and chips or a beef on whack and chips, and you have that pickle like right on the side. Yeah. That's Ooh. the best time to get a pickle. Only time to get a pickle, in my opinion. But the what best about time. fried pickles? Love, love fried pickles. You should get. Hey, if you ever cut, if you ever at Ted's on Niagara Falls Boulevard in Amherst, that's where I work. Get our fried pickles. They're awesome. Are they yeah. chipped or are they wedged? Chip. Okay. They're, they're chips. They used to be the spears, the long ones, and then I think they kind of just now are like. And get it with Chipotle Ranch because Chipotle Ranch is right. like people ask it usually with ranch, and then I'll say we don't have ranch, but Chipotle Ranch is still pretty good. Um, one thing that I was noticing over the weekend, and I don't know how much you pay attention to baseball, but I don't know if you saw about what happened mm-hmm. with the Yankees Guardians where fans were throwing stuff on the field. What are your just your thoughts on really just fans kind of almost, in a sense, getting away with throwing debris onto the field and say a player like I'll throw Kyrie Irving when he flipped the bird to the Celtic fans and um and he gets a $50,000 fine. What are your thoughts on that? Um he deserved the fine, if not more. And I think it's awful how fans act to players, to refs in general that like needs to be better all around and it's really sad. Like I don't mind if like someone's like, you know, probably saying, "Oh, you suck" or you know, if you're talking about a player or a ref, I don't mind that because that's kind of just like sort of playful. That's kind of what I do. But when you're actually throwing things onto the field, um, that that gets to the point where you could, I mean, probably you could face criminal charges. But like what we've seen a lot is people are just getting banned from stadiums. And it's just like so frustrating. And, you know. I don't know. It's it, it's just like it's a be better in a sort of thing. Uh, be better about it. Um, um, so I I just want to personally say I really appreciate the fact that you, you could come on because I I I will still say this. I wish that we had started this in the fall, but um, obviously it didn't. Ha- I didn't. I wasn't really 
a part of this, and obviously you guys will be carrying on my legacy in the fall. Yes, I said my legacy. Um, <laughs> sure, we're carrying your legacy, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 let this place fail. I, I I believe in you guys, but we really appreciate the fact that you came on because it's it you know out of all most of the teams that have done so well, obviously the women's team probably has done really good, but. And one thing that honestly popped into my head: Are you going to be at the Benjis in a couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. I will. We're hosting. We're doing the uh, pre yep. pre show red carpet or orange carpet or whatever oh, they're doing. Oh, nice! That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. You'll have to you'll have to stop by, say hello to us, and right. maybe we'll. You got any like you got any like uh, like a uh, something you got picked out yet? Or I do. What? Mm. Oh, what do? You, is there anything like preferably we should ask athletes? On the bench, like, is there like one question, really quick, that popped hmm. in your brain? Because we're still coming up, we're coming up with questions today, and we're gonna have that for for Sunday, May first. I always like to know, uh, like, athletes' rituals before games. Okay, that's, that, that's I funny. feel like that's a that's a good one, or any like weird things that you do before a game. Do you have any superstitions or things you do before a game, whether that was when you were playing or when you're when you're coaching? As a coach, no, but as a player, yes. I always folded my warm-up under the seventh chair because it's my brother and my mom's favorite number, and I always put the necklace that my mom gave me on top of it because I would wear it as long as I could. And one thing I always like to ask, when did you start getting the nickname Coach and B? Was that when you first started coaching, or was that just like something that probably happened like before? So nobody in my family calls me MB. Like, they all call me Mary Beth or Mary. Um, but MB came into play as soon as I started playing organized sports, and it just stuck. So, like, everybody in the sports, because Mary Beth is kind of long to say out on a field or on a basketball court. Yep. So it just stuck. Pro- probably kind of like the same with, like, I feel like, especially with hockey, because, you know, like, everybody's got everybody's got n- uh, nicknames. Like- I got a nickname. I'm not even on the team, and I got a nickname. So if you're just associated with hockey, you're getting a nickname. You you don't sound enthused about it. Is it no, no, nickname? I love my nickname. Oh. It's like it's like it's Ev Dog. Okay, or Ev, like so original. Yeah, it's original. <laughs> um, yeah, it's there. I love it, but like you get a nickname hockey, no matter what. Like it's yeah, just, I, that's it. My nickname on this show, well, I call my I could. Because there's two Evans on here, I just I'm like call me Depot because that's like this is my Twitter handle is Depot. Uh, You're the second best Depot, Victor Oladipo. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's still. <laughs> don't don't compare me to an NBA superstar. Well, I mean he's he's a star. I don't know if he's a superstar, but definitely he's it's, he's really good. But um, so yeah, we re- uh, one thing I like I, I'm gonna ask. Do you where is a a good place you like to go get wings and drums or flats, blue cheese or ranch, and like what kind of wings do you like? Well, I'm a vegetarian. Oh my god! But I, but I always, I always wasn't one, so I'll go with. Um, Coles does a Sicilian wing, and I had them mix it with hot because I love spicy food. So I would do that, and I am definitely flats. And if you're gonna go like. Anchor Bar, Duff's, like if you're going with the originals or Barbell, like that everybody knows, I would say Duff's is the best, even better than Barbell. Because I like Saucy. I'm a Barbell North guy. Barbell North? Yeah, the North Barbell. Oh, I was going to say I live in Orchard Park, so I know the East Aurora one really well. Yeah, so I like the East Aurora one. My dad grew up around there, so we go there once in a while, but I'm a big Barbell North guy. Okay. I don't know why. I just just like it better than the 
Never been. The been. That's the one Josh Allen goes to. Oh, well, so then that's his you got to go there. That's his spot. So, yeah. That's the second time that I asked someone, drums or flats. I don't know if you watch 10 questions on the Buffalo State Instagram, but... Um, I do sometimes. I don't know who you're talking about, though. Well, it was when they did... It was, like, right before the one with Katie, where we were in the gym, mm-hmm. and I asked drums or flats, and she goes, I'm vegan. So... <laughs> That's the second time this semester. I'm not like trying to sound like I'm like, I hope that this isn't coming out like I'm making fun of you because I'm not. I'm good. It's the second time where I was like, you know what? This is going to be a nice, safe and fun question. And then it just comes right back at me. Well, I'll, I'll say one thing to make you feel better. Blue cheese over ranch. Yeah. There you go. I'd say if you said ranch, I would have said, get out. <laughs> but, all right. We're going to take a quick break. I, again, want to say thank you for coming on. I'm sure you're very busy. I mean, I don't know how busy you are off-season with recruiting, so we appreciate you taking in, taking a few minutes to come on the show. I right, get and, the round of applause going. Yeah, so, or at least we call <laughs> the, the, the... Woo! It's the Pat McAfee thing. That's where we're taking it from. <laughs> the Pat McAfee thing. I wish we could actually do the show like Pat McAfee, where we could actually, you know... We wouldn't last 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... All right, we're going to take a quick break. That was uh, Buffalo State head coach, uh, Coach Mary Beth Nugent, Coach MB, on the in studio with us. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back here on 91.3 FM WBNY. Cold strike three, and Schwarber is thrown out of the game, and he had zero issue with getting thrown out, making it very clear. You've missed him inside, outside, up and down. Kyle Schwarber thrown out after being punched out by Angel Hernandez. And Joe may go too. Yeah. Baseball. I mean, we won't get too much into it, but I just wanted to point that out. Welcome back to the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. Something is, I don't know why Angel Hernandez, I don't know how many of you pay attention to baseball and know him, but... Angel Hernandez is such a terrible umpire. Can you not? Can Double D not hear me? What's with the head banging? Can you not he's hear me? He's no, listening to rock. Me. He's listening to Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Angel Hernandez. Oh, despise him. I I actually watched him like at at uh, when I went to New York over the past summer. I saw him uh, behind the plate. He is such a horrible ump. I I mean. This is why there's, like, the robot ump talk. But it could all be avoided if you just cut him and, like, all the bad refs. I I, I mean, I I will say that, you know, I think the biggest, like, point of talking about an umpire who messed up, I think it was Jim Joyce. Remember that? When that guy had that perfect game, he went 26 up, 26 down, and he had... He basically got the 27th by a good step. Oh, and yeah. It was, it was obvious, and he called him safe. And I, you know. And that was before the coaches that was, were allowed to That was to before the whole coaches challenge thing, which I'm glad that they added in. But at the same time, one thing that I noticed is that, like, like yeah, that was such a terrible call. But also, I, I, I respect the hell out of him for like going on a radio show, I believe, and literally admitted that he what he did was wrong. 
and uh, and he felt really bad about it. He was uh, he was really like upset. Like, well, that's one of the hardest things to do in baseball. That that is like what first base coach, uh, first base ump. No, more like just, perfect um, game calling off a, a yeah. perfect. I Honestly, mean, even if he was safe, I probably would have called him out just because. Well, if he's safe, he's safe. You got to call him it, well, safe. Like, but, if, it, if it was close to where you could say he was safe, like like we're looking at it millim- oh, like, like, like milliseconds. Milliseconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could probably call him out and get away with it, and nobody would be mad at that. I, I mean, except I mean, for, like, he, the opposing team being, I mean, like, the runner, he was even upset. I don't even remember who it was, but I remember the runner was upset. Like, he had his oh, hands yeah. up in the air. He was like, no. Uh, yeah, but, that was I mean, not if it was like If it was, like, a, a clear, obvious base hit, then obviously he's not going to be upset about it. But I think he knew that he was out. But still. All right. 878-5104, the number to give us a call. You want to talk about... Um, you know, we got finished out the first segment with the interview with Coach and B. That was a lot of fun. I, I was, I mean, I I, I felt re- I was really upset that I was trying to say that question, and she really didn't like. Hey understand. Evan, it's just it's just like basketball. You miss your first shot. Your teammate comes in for the second <laughs> chance board and puts it right That's back right. in. Hey. Man, we always have a good time when we get someone associated with the basketball program in here. Obviously, Katie, now Coach MB, those are probably like the two biggest names to have in here. But we always have a we always have a good old time when we have uh, someone associated with Buff State basketball come in. So we have to get um we have to get one of the the, the men's players on here soon. Uh, we'll we'll have to see about that. You know, um, I, I'll um. I'll I'll see you. I'll talk with Nate and see because I know that I've heard there's a couple players that I think we're going into the transfer portal, so we'll I'll look into that. Um, but I really that was a lot of fun. I I mean, can I just say this that like, thank you guys for just wanting to do these, just be here with me because like I I remember I struggled to find people to come on. Uh, like to be able to come on my show and yes, I called it my show because I'm the host of this show. No, it's my show. Um, that's it's why. Show. That's why. It's all our show. Evan. It's, it's Dan's show. Yeah. It's all our show. Evan. I mean, if we're gonna get. I mean, s- when we when you see in <laughs> okay. the beginning when you say here's your host Evan De Pasquale, I did that. I'm sure that if you could ask, like, if you wanted to ask someone to make an intro for you, I'm sure you could. Well, Evan, if I ask my grandma whose show it is, <laughs> she's gonna say it's my show. <laughs> but if I ask you, you're going to say it's your show. Okay, and then if well, I ask that's, my dad, that's bias. That's that's it, no, I mean, it's not, no. There's no bias. It's, it's their point of view. It's it's it, Evan does a radio. Evan hosts a radio. Like that's what they will say. Right? Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so change the topic. Um, <laughs> I wanted to get back to some baseball stuff, and I kind of mentioned this to uh, Harrington at the start. Of before we even got on the show, while we were just chilling in the checkerboard lounge, I t- I mentioned about Yankee fans and how you know what? I'm just going to turn down all your mics because I want to say this right now. So the fact that fans just were able are throwing stuff onto the field at the Yankees game really just irritated the hell out of me because this is. This is such a world-class organization as the New York Yankees, 27 World Series. And for you to act like absolute 
idiots and jerks and decide to throw all of the like throw stuff on the field that could have hurt someone. You could have hurt someone. I'm a Yankee fan. I I love my Yankees and I'm starting to like, you know, get away from the Yankees now because of what's going on with these fa- with their fans. These fans are terrible. They're probably just as bad as Red Sox fans and Boston sports fans. We know about them. But I just want to say the fact that fans can get a ticket to the game and just be able to kind of do almost whatever they want to where they're throwing stuff onto the field and they'll probably maybe get a slap on the wrist or um, they'll get uh, they'll just be banned from wherever they whatever ballpark it is. And if a player started talking back to a fan, now I'm not going to say like, for example, Malice in the Palace, because that was absolutely players should have been should have. I, I don't want to say they should have received jail time, but some of their fines that they got was just as bad. But the fact that fans can just be able to go out and just throw stuff on the field is absolutely classless for an organization that is so world-class like the New York Yankees. That's all I wanted to say. I just wanted to get it down. I just only reason why I turned on your mics was just so I could just kind of just have this little thing to myself. I, I have my thoughts about it. I mean, here here's the thing. Okay, so... We're we're talking about this is even raise the game ends after a um, after a comeback win for the Yankees fans throw stuff onto uh, the field, but before that, you know, your fans you're gonna chirp the guy whoever you're by and Miles Straw who was in the field at that time who got mad at the fans and went up to talk to them. Um, you know, I, I get it. You're going to be rattled and you don't like losing and you don't want to hear stuff. But that's what you do as a fan. You're going to try to rattle whoever you get. And that was one heck of a reaction to get. I mean, to have him actually climb like almost into the stands to yell at the fans. I, I That's a little unprofessional in the sense, because to me, that seems like you let them get to you. And you're not supposed to do that. If you're so, like, high class, you know, you're you're lucky to be playing on an MLB level against these top guys. You got to just quiet the crowd and, you know, hail home run on them. Just stay quiet and just wait for a pitch or, you know, do something. Don't, like, try to go at the fans because that's the way you lose because you look like a jerk when you go after the fans. I don't like that fans threw stuff onto the field. I don't think anybody does, like with uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves with those people rushing the courts. It, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's dumb. It's dumb. It ruins, like, part of the game. And, you know, it makes, like, your fan base or whatever organization you may be representing look horrible. It happened again in Game 3. It happened again. Another protester took off and, and ran out onto the court. But credit to the security. They were all over that. Oh, that's so so I, saw, I saw a video. Um, the actual security guard was looking at that woman oh, yeah. mm-hmm. intensively for, for moments on moments at a time and waited for her to make that move. And then that security guard just jumped on her and tackled her and just dragged her off the court. Like, 
so she was so quickly studying he, film. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we got the NFL. <laughs> we got the NFL draft coming up on Thursday. I think she could be a first round draft pick because I mean, <laughs> you look at the get off. Like I mean, as soon as that lady took off, the security guard was right with her in lockstep. Took a good I pursuit mean, angle, and then it was a nice form tackle. I think that's a day one choice if well, you ask me. That security. I guard. I mean, th- that's one of our questions. The Buffalo Bills need a cornerback, and that is one <laughs> right. of the positions they are looking at. And obviously, a big thing that a corner does in the NFL is having a very good pursuit angle. And you need to have a good pursuit angle in the NFL, especially when you're playing like guys against Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, um, you know, just some of these spurners. Debo, if it Debo. And then you have, you know, this security guard who shows (laughs) more pursuit than half of the cornerbacks in the NFL. So good for that security guard and Sean McDermott. I'm not saying this guy is a first-round talent. But hey, if you can get him in the second, whew, Go that's for a it. steal. Yeah. That is get, a steal get, at twenty-five I, uh, or whatever. No, nah, no. Nah. I, I mean, I would think they're going to be so underrated because they just came out. You know, six-round pick. <laughs> it's a perfect pick. <laughs> it's like, how much tape do you have on this guy? Well, to be honest, uh, he's a Brandon or Sean McDermott's could be to Brandon Bean. Uh, Brandon Bean. So we actually didn't watch this guy at all. He just recently came up on our radar. Yeah. <laughs> But we have this video uh, from just the other day at the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, the basketball game. Uh, the pursuit angle here is crazy. You don't need much more film than that. That's really all the film you need. You can teach the guy how to cover, but you cannot teach the guy how to pursue a, a player like that. The T-Wolves, I think, are now 3-0 and in games where there's a protest. So as far as they're concerned, they're probably wishing for that to just keep happening because well, it keeps resulting in Yeah, if, if anyone has a big major sports bet. You better just hope there's a protester or someone goes to protest because uh, then you would win your money. Oh, my, Getting back on, on topic, though, my thing with that double D is you mentioned how the player, you know, they kind of like scaled up the wall and was trying to give it to the fans. That's, you know, I don't have a problem with that necessarily because you look at, look what Kyrie said after game one. Like you got fans that are shouting all these obscenities of you and as an athlete you're just expected to remain you know docile and you know not give it back to them but you know I think in an instance like that because obviously that's not okay you know throwing stuff onto the field like that and just being an overall nuisance so you know like Kyrie said give them give them the smoke and see if they're about it and most of the time they're not so you know I don't have a problem with that with uh, athletes taking things into their own hands. Now, obviously, you don't want to be like a Ron Artest and start, you know, throwing punches, but just, you know, not sitting down and taking it either. You know, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, do you guys, like, after the break, uh, the next break, do you guys want to get into some Bill's draft talk? Sure, we can I do think, that. I think, um, I think that's something we should get into. Yeah. Um, and by the way, anyone that's listening currently, we are set to do um, a draft show. On Thursday for the NFL draft, uh, I believe we are going an hour before the draft and probably at least a half an hour or a little more after the draft. And, you know, talk about our thoughts during that. But that will be during the first round. So you can listen to that, um, you know, on the station at WBNY 91.3 FM and the Radio FX app to, to listen and, you know, hear, hear us four and potentially a few more guys talk about the NFL draft. 
I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the next break, Harrington. Even though you're not in the producer's chair here, very astute. <laughs> Let's take our next break right now, and then when we come back, we'll have some Bills draft talk, and then uh, on the uh, the bottom of the hour, I imagine we'll talk NBA playoffs because we haven't totally gotten into that yet. We got there a little bit with Coach MB, but still we can delve into that. So we will take a break, and then we'll come back with some Bills draft talk here on the Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY.